Thank you, Jane, for that reading. Friends, uh, let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for your grace and your love to us. And Father, we pray that as uh, we've heard these words this morning, that you might infiltrate them into our hearts and minds so that we might have a greater appreciation of your word, a greater desire in wanting to serve you with our lives. And we do pray these things for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Well, what is the point of preaching? I'm glad no one's answering me. Uh, Because over the years, people have uh, questioned the value of preaching uh, because it's a monologue and not necessarily a dialogue where people can ask questions. Academics have said it is not uh, a good way in learning. And even some Christians have lost confidence in the power of the preaching of the gospel. You know why? Because people want action. They don't want just words. Yes, it's important how we live. But friends, I want to say this morning, we do have something to say. We do have something to say. In Ezekiel chapter 37, that reading that Jane read to us, we see the power of the word of God with the Holy Spirit working together and we see the effects. Blind eyes are open, hard hearts are softened. Dead lives are resurrected. Folks, before we get into it, it's probably good just to be reminded of the background of uh, the book of Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel, he's a prophet uh, with Israel and he's in exile in Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Jerusalem has been overtaken, captured. The temple has been destroyed. Israel has lost everything that has been valuable to them. They've lost all of that. And they feel downcast. They feel forsaken. They feel like they are a people with no hope, no purpose, no, no meaning. Why? Because they have rebelled against God. They have been disobedient against God. Instead of living like the people of God, they were living just like the world. They weren't different. They they weren't being a witness to the world. And they had become so materialistic, they, they were indistinguishable from the rest of the world. So now Israel are cursed. They're banished. God used Babylon. He used King Nebuchadnezzar to basically imprison them in another nation. But they did have Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is a preacher who has been warning and challenging Israel to repent. Israel, change your ways. We're going to cop it in the neck. We keep on copping it in the neck because we're not changing our ways. But it seems that nobody's listening. And so Ezekiel himself is discouraged. Folks, can I say, sometimes people just don't want to hear. Sometimes people hear the word of God and they really don't want to hear. They don't want to hear the message because they don't want to change their ways. Because we get set in our ways, don't we? And when we are challenged to change, we don't like it. Sometimes Christians don't want to hear about the church about how we ought to be committed to God's church. Sometimes Christians don't want to hear about reconciliation, asking forgiveness, being forgiven. Israel were like that. 
And so Israel has been chastised by this preacher, Ezekiel, for five years without success. Israel, they are hardened in their sin. Words don't seem to matter. And last week, if you remember, if you were here, uh, we see in Ezekiel 36, God promises several things. And all through Ezekiel 36, you see, I will, I will. I will give you the land, he says. Hang in there, Israel. I will forgive you. I will give you a new heart. I will give you my spirit. I will give you a renewed covenant. I will provide you and bless you. And now in Ezekiel chapter 37, we see the power of the word of God. We see the power of his promise. One of the most incredible and vision events ever seen in the Bible. The power of the word of God and the Holy Spirit working together. So let's have a look at this passage. Firstly, as it seems, a hopeless case. A hopeless case. In verse 1, the hand of the Lord is on me, and he brought me out of the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Here is Ezekiel. He's been brought out into the valley of dry bones. Probably the resting place of a defeated army. There are skeletons and skulls. There are probably the images of World War I or World War II when soldiers died and fell upon each other. But it's the whole valley of these dead bones on top of each other. And Ezekiel is asked to walk across and he's walking across this valley of dry bones and as he's walking he's crushing bones. Skulls under his feet. Folks, it's a picture of death. It's a picture of hell. I guess for dogs, it's a picture of heaven, isn't it? How can these bones live? There's no doctor, no vaccine, no medication, no ventilator can resuscitate these dead, dry bones. Ezekiel knows nothing on earth that could bring life to these dead bones. But maybe, maybe God can. Humanly speaking, bringing life to the dead who have been dead for some times, it's a hopeless case. Secondly, Ezekiel is asked to do a useless task, what he seems to think is a useless task. Then he said to me, prophesy or preach to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Folks, there is nothing worse than speaking to a dead crowd. I'm glad you're not so dead this morning. Folks, I've preached in nursing homes where, you know, there has been men, and I say men, uh, who started snoring while I was speaking to them. And they were snoring louder than I was speaking, and I generally got a loud voice. And I found that very discouraging. I'm glad you're not snoring here. Uh, several years ago, I was asked to uh, speak uh, at a, what they call a cafe church. The Anglican church was trying to do something different. And they asked me to uh, preach in this cafe, and they turned off all the lights, and they had a spotlight on me. And uh, while I was trying to speak, people were ordering coffee, I could hear the bang, I could hear these conversations, people eating cake, and I thought, I don't want to be here, it's so hard. 
But you know what? This has, my experience is nothing, nothing compared to Ezekiel. Without exaggeration, Ezekiel's audience is dead to the bone. Words on their own cannot do anything to anyone, especially if you are dead. But we see here God's breath, his word, because when his word goes out, his breath, his spirit, will breathe life into the dead. God is promising a miraculous event never ever seen before. And here is Ezekiel, God's prophet, God's preacher, God's mouthpiece, and he will bring life to this valley of dry bones through speaking his word, God's word, his spirit. From a human point of view, preaching to the dead is a useless task. Folks, it's, it's like if you went to the back of the church here, there's a gravesite there. And incidentally, uh, the gravesite, uh, it looks absolutely fantastic. And there are a couple of people here from this service who have done fantastic work in uh, cleaning and cutting grass, and uh, I applaud those people. But it would be like me getting out with my Bible and preaching to the gravestones. You're not going to get much uh, response. And that is what Ezekiel is called to do. Even though it seems like a useless task, an impossible task, he is still called to preach to his bony audience. And so now we see an impossible miracle. So I prophesied, and as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Uh, here is Ezekiel, he, he, he obeys, and miraculously something happens. There is clattering. There is rattling. The hip bone is connected to the thigh bone. The thigh bone is connected to the knee bone, isn't it? Folks, it's like a horror movie as Ezekiel preaches. These bones start to rattle, to, to, to dangle, and, and tendons, and flesh starts to grow on these skeletons eventually. And the skin covers the whole body. Uh, imagine if it was a, a movie. Imagine the special effects uh, budget. It would be enormous. From a graveyard of dry bones, there is a regenerated army of skeletons before him. But still no breath. Still no breath in them. They're still lifeless. Because Ezekiel stopped preaching. And he's told to speak up. Ezekiel is so amazed, so astonished, so thunderstruck, and that's why he stopped preaching. God tells him to continue to prophesy to the breath again, and these bodies became living bodies. They stand, they walk, they are full of life after a few minutes of preaching. Folks, can I say, Israel is the valley of dry bones. They are spiritually dead because they have continued to be disobedient to God. They have fallen into unbelief and despair. You know, as I read this passage, I sometimes think we can be like that, can't we? We can be lifelike, but not alive. Lifelike, but not alive. We can be physically alive, but spiritually dead. Folks, can I say, Ezekiel is no sorcerer or magician. 
He's simply an obedient man preaching the word of God to Israel. And the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that raised the Valley of Dry Bones to life is the same Holy Spirit that brings people to faith is the same Holy Spirit that will raise Christians from the dead. It is the same Holy Spirit that will help Christians live a victorious life. Folks, this is the greatest miracle. When lifeless people are reborn and they allow the word of God to just come over them and uh, breathe new life in them. Folks, I've been in ministry. This is my 21st uh, year in, in this church. And I love it no more than when I see people get converted. That's the highlight of my ministry. When I see people who are dead become spiritually alive. And we've seen a number of people over the last few years, uh, particularly at the night service, who were once dead, but now alive. Who were once lost, but now found. But then we have an incredible promise. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Uh, despite Israel has turned away from God, despite them put, pointing their thumbs at, at God, despite turning away, yes, they are cut off, they are exiled, they have no hope, no despair, yet Ezekiel is told to preach to Israel with a new conviction that the word of God can change their situation. The word of God can change their dead hearts, their hardened hearts, their unbelievingness. Basically, God is saying, what he's saying in Ezekiel 36, I will give you that new land. I will give you your land back. I will forgive you. I will give you a new heart. I will give you my spirit. I will renew my covenant. I will provide for you and bless you. Ezekiel was to keep preaching, pleading and warning the people to repent because the word of God and the Holy Spirit working together can change people. Folks, can I say, more than likely, everybody in this building today has been changed. And over the years, I've uh, known many of you, and some of you have been here all that time I've been here, and I know some of you have changed more than others. Some of you, the change has happened very quickly. Some of you, the change has happened very slowly. And you know what? It's my experience. It depends how you respond to the word of God. If you do not allow the word of God just to cover you, to infiltrate your life, to challenge you, to encourage you, if you don't allow that, folks, change in your life will be slow. Just ask yourself, how much have you changed in the last five years? Have you grown to be more like the Lord Jesus? If you have, you know the word of God is breathing into your life changing you to be more like Jesus. You know, in some ways, the camera is one of the greatest enemies of the gospel. Uh, even the other night, I saw visual images of starving kids, and you see that and you're moved. Images of terrorism, chaotic crowds, 
and it does move your heart and it makes you want to do something. But the spiritual state of dead people, your friends and family, they don't move us the same way because it cannot be captured by a camera. And yet your friends and your family who do not know the Lord Jesus are in a situation far worse. Folks, don't hear me wrong. We should be concerned about poverty. We should be concerned about global warming. We should be concerned about the pandemic. We should be concerned about terrorism and corruption. But you know what? They are just the symptoms of our world being spiritually dead. What we should be more concerned about is your kids, is your parents, is your brothers and sisters, is your family who do not know Jesus. Because the Bible says they are spiritually dead, they are dry bones, they are cursed. Their future is hell for eternity. And no one wants that for their family and friends, do they? Nike has that uh, catchphrase, just do it. Uh, here at um, uh, St John's uh, we have putting lives on the right track. But uh, I always uh, pronounce it wrong. But Adidas, Adidas, Adidas. Is that how you pronounce it? Adidas. They have uh, a new catchphrase which says, impossible is nothing. And it doesn't sound like it makes sense. But that's their catchphrase. Impossible is nothing. And it's advertising ploy that if you wear Adidas shoes, you can play and maybe even beat Roger Federer. <laughs> if you wear Adidas shirts, you can play and maybe beat Tiger Woods in golf. But folks, I want to say, with God, impossible is nothing. In other words, nothing is impossible when we allow the Word of God to infiltrate our lives. Folks, can I say, there may be some people here this morning that are not Christian. You know whether you're a Christian or not. If you're not a Christian, I'm talking to you right now. The Bible says you are dry bones. This is not me saying this, this is the Bible. You are dry bones. And if the pandemic has shown us anything, life is uncertain, it's unpredictable, it's uncontrollable. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Because in your heart of hearts, you know there is no hope, no meaning in life without Christ. And you know what you ought to do? It's what the prodigal son did. It's what Ezekiel was encouraging Israel to do. Come to your senses and change your ways. Jesus puts it so clearly in John chapter 5. He says, truly I tell you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent has eternal life and will not be judged and has crossed over from death to life. He's really saying what Ezekiel is saying. If you want to stop being dead, dry bones with no hope, then allow the word of God, allow the truth of Jesus to come upon you. Let Jesus breathe a, a, a new life, a, a giving life that will give you hope, that will give you a future, a purpose and a joy. To those of you who are Christian, I want to say be confident in the word of God. Maybe, maybe over time you have become lifelike but not alive. 
lifelike but not alive, like how those skeletons were when they rose from, when they rose from the valley. Maybe you are like those bones standing, but you need the word of God to be breathed into you again so that you can be alive. Folks, again, I want to say the message of the gospel, the gospel that converted you can transform you, but you must come under it. You must submit to it. And friends, that's why it's so important that you come to church everywhere. It's so important to, to read the word of God, to go to Bible study, whatever you do. Because like Israel, we have a responsibility to be different to the world. You and I have a responsibility to be a witness. That when somebody asks us, we might give a response of why we're Christian. Of what Jesus has done in our life. We are not to be like the world, to be materialistic and only thinking about our own kingdom, but the kingdom of God. What is the point of preaching? Everything. Everything. That's how God transforms dry bones into living beings with a new heart, a new spirit, a new hope. A new life. Impossible is nothing. And what do we preach? We preach Christ crucified. That through his death, Jesus took upon my curse so that I can be forgiven and so that I can share in that resurrection. Folks, Jesus became the dry bones in our place if we trust him. And the Bible says we will share in that resurrection if we put our trust in him. Folks, take courage. We must share the message of Jesus to a world that has a hard heart, that has a dead spirit. That's the only hope of God. When we preach Christ, eyes will be opened. Hearts will be softened. And dead bones will be raised. Folks, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we admit this morning that we have sometimes lived lives that are life lifelike, but not alive. Heavenly Father, sorry that we've been so much like the world. Heavenly Father, forgive us when we've been materialistic, when we've just not had you in our plans and in our future. Heavenly Father, sorry that we have not loved you and loved each other as we ought. Lord, we are so sorry. Please forgive us. But we believe that through Jesus' death and resurrection, we can be forgiven. We can share in that new resurrection where the Bible says there will be no more crying, no more pain, no more sickness, no more death, no more tears. Thank you, Jesus. And now we commit our lives to you. Father, help us to come under your authority. Help us to come under your word. Help us to submit to the Lordship of Christ so that we might do your will 
and experience the blessing of all blessings. And we do pray all these things for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen.